You're listening to Once, episode 215, The Bear and the Bow, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And we just finished watching this episode, The Bear and the Bow. So our thoughts are going to be a bit all over the place in our initial reactions here, but that's why we have our full conversation and discussion later on, including your feedback, more research, screenshots, sound clips, all of that stuff. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast at oncepodcast.com in iTunes, Stitcher, and soon Google Play Music. That's all at oncepodcast.com, and you won't miss an episode that way. But this episode seemed a little bit of a slower pace, setting uh, some things up. But we got to see Rumple be the hero to mash the fettuccine. Wow. Oh, wait. <laughs> that was an obscure reference. If you, if you get that reference and you correctly identify it, we will figure out something to send you. <laughs> yes, it might just be... <laughs> Our hearts. Well, that seems a little over the top. I like my heart right where it is, even though I keep it where everybody else keeps it. But uh, Merida does have her heart back. She does. (laughs) I think Emma enjoyed putting that back a little too harshly, a little too much. (laughs) Let me give it just one more squeeze before I put it back in. And she made a classic mistake of someone who's losing their footing, who's trying to sound like they're still in control. I was done with that anyway. It surprised me a little bit that Rumpel did end up being the hero to pull the sword from the stone. The reason I say surprised me is because it it seemed like right at that moment when he said Belle, I thought, Belle's going to be the hero to pull the sword because it was really (laughs) Belle who was the hero in this episode more than Rumpel. But they were looking for the purest hero. Yeah. Whatever that means. The blank slate hero. The blankish, slate-ish, sort of heroish guy. Um, but Belle could see it in him. Well, I guess I was going to say she could see it in, in him all along. I guess that's not true. She could always see the man under the darkness. Mm-hmm. But now she could see the hero. Yeah. And that's her special ability, is to see someone's good potential. So she always saw behind the beast and, and saw, sees the good in people if there's any good to be seen. This was quite the uh, Rumbell <laughs> episode. Yeah. Yeah, there were some beautiful moments between the two and also some kind of sad moments because they had that great conversation there by the elevator and then she just kind of got up and it, it was right. like, well, okay, yeah, you're, you're welcome. And uh, I, I really have, I need this, I need to do a thing. Right. And she's doing the whole, he's not my sweetheart thing and... uh or, or was that in the past? I'm starting to lose track. <laughs> we had Merida and Belle running around in the same scenes with a different dynamic in both the past and the present. Yeah. <laughs> but I was starting to realize, I'm not sure I understand where Belle and Rumpel even stand anymore. She's been running around with that stupid rose under the glass bell jar for weeks. So she sure seemed attached. And she wasn't willing to let him die, but then she was kind of like, well, I gotta go. So yes, by the end of the episode, it was a nice, not really resolution, but I like the direction they're headed. I like it when 
the couples that seem like they're meant to be together are together. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the whole, even though Rumple was evil and selfish and needed to go, I didn't like the way that all happened. So this is a nice turn of events in my book. Yeah, and... He did apologize, and it was a heartfelt apology. Now, simple apologies don't instantly make everything better, but they are a step in making things right. Does he get to stop being a coward now? I I think so, because he did say to Emma, you've made me into a hero. So is he really? Does that mean his courage is now gone? I think that was my second favorite part of the episode, if not my favorite. I liked getting to see the witch's hut or uh, cabin in uh, Enchanted Forest or in uh, uh, Dunbrock. That's from the movie Brave. And it looked very much the same as in the movie Brave and also the potions sort of thing. And even like Merlin's voicemail sort of thing. That's probably something that they got that idea from the movie Brave. Oh. So go watch Brave. That's your assignment. That's your assignment, Jim. My assignment. I have an assignment, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. When is my homework due? Movie night. If you haven't watched Brave, (laughs) then definitely do go watch it because there's a lot of Brave stuff in this. You'll you'll understand a lot of more things. Like the characters, the uh, leaders of the clans looked just like the characters or looked a lot like the characters from Brave. The paintings, the outfits, the hairstyles. Those awkward toga men. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys. Not that those were togas, but same effect. Yeah. Nice arrow shot. It looked like a bad frat party. <laughs> I was I was expecting Merida to do some kind of arrow shot like that. I yeah, I basically figured that was what she was going to do. Once they were pulling back on the arrows, it was done very nicely though. I, I think that this sets us up for something big coming, especially seeing that something happened to Merlin that seems to have been done by the Dark One. And it makes me think that Emma just started going crazy back in Enchanted Forest. And like she was coming for him to do what? She found a neat gold mask in a closet and she put it on. (laughs) It's like, zip. No, here's my crackpot theory of the week. That message was not from the time period that they think it was. Since it seemed like a, for lack of a better magical term, a pre-recorded message. That could easily have been from right before he was put into the tree. Hmm. He didn't reference anybody by name except Nimue. Well, he did say some things about it not working to defeat the Dark One. Mm, he was very vague. Yeah, that's true. In fact, was... there's not much reason for the vagary unless they're trying to fool us about when that message was recorded. Hmm. Yeah, and it's several did notice and tweeted at us that it was totally a Star Wars moment. Uh, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> My only hope. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but that's all right. <laughs> so Nimue, Nim O Way, yes, Nimue, Nimue. It's definitely not pronounced Nimu. Okay, I know that you can stop sending those emails. Potatoes, no. potatoes, onion rings. So Nimue was in Arthurian legend. So this is cool that we're going to see another character from Arthurian legend and see what is her role in all of this and how might she be able to defeat the dark one? And why is she the last hope when Merlin isn't Merlin created the dark one? Eh, 
Merlin created the Dark One as a means of containing an already difficult to defeat force of darkness, which is important to remember when first we see Merlin traipsing about in the dungeon using magic that for once I thought came close to living up to the hype. That was a pretty cool sequence. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, Nobody's going to be able to stop this guy. That's how they always talk about him. That's how it should be. But then he's like hiding in a room from the Dark One. And I suppose we already have seen. And that, that's another thing. We've seen the Dark One defeat him in a sense by putting him in the tree. I think this message was right before that. Which leaves room. Of course, we still don't know what actually happened to him. And Nimue, as we theorized in the last episode, might have been that first dark one we saw because Nimue was Merlin's love that he lost according to once upon a time here he lost because of the dark one so maybe I don't know we'll figure this out in the full discussion he didn't give that name before did he no he's never said that before but we theorized that the the love he lost was Nimue and that's who became the first dark one that was in that golden mask Uh aha Speaking of golden masks, you know, there's a wonderful thing that you can give us that it's more valuable than a golden mask, and that is your <laughs> kind support through Patreon. This is a way that you can keep the podcast going and support what we're doing here, enable us to upgrade things as we need to, and cover the expenses of the podcast because it does cost a lot to cover the expenses to run the podcast and everything. So please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero to check out your options. For this episode specifically, I'd like to thank David Newland, Lisa Slack, Tappenbird, and Greg Shop, our new Patreon hero. You have the chance to be a hero for the podcast as well. Just go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. You can sign up for a monthly patronage over there through Patreon, and you can give as little as a dollar a month or much more than that. There are cool promos and little perks that come along with that. Or if you're planning on doing some shopping through any of the international Amazon stores, then we have some affiliate links there. And if an affiliate link for your country isn't visible on that page, just email us and we'll give you the affiliate link for your specific country. But it doesn't cost you anything extra then. You still get to save money, get great stuff through Amazon.com, and it supports the podcast as well. So check out your options over there at oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. I liked that it was Henry who got to be the one to bring up Merlin's voicemail. It was too bad that he didn't actually get to speak to Merlin. So was Henry actually necessary in order to do that? Maybe. Yeah. We'll say yes. <laughs> I mean, Regina said it, so, you know. <laughs> he, he's going to be the hero to mash the fettuccine. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Arthur is no hero. And now Storybrooke people know that he can't be trusted. Arthur's so uh, conniving. And that's not a knife reference, meaning the sword, either. Good thing he didn't know magical toadstools don't burn. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little singed. They were still able to use it, so that was nice. Is it used up once it goes into the what's it there? Or can they just sort of pull it out with some tongs and use it again later? Probably used up. Wait a minute now. They said that that would allow them to communicate across magical barriers. Yeah, technically through magical barriers. Yeah, and they communicated with Merlin, and Merlin 
was what well, was a pre-recorded message. Okay, never mind. Yeah, so, it didn't ma- make any sense, frankly. Yeah. But that's okay. Somehow a pre-recorded message waiting there for them. I was disappointed that <laughs> when they saw Merlin, it didn't look the same as when we first saw Merlin talking to the apprentice, the blue and like I red said, swirls. They had not cast him yet, yeah, so swirls. <laughs> it it would have made total sense, though, if that's the way they did it, instead of this right. whole Star Wars looking thing. Yeah, we didn't have to actually see him. I don't think I expected to see him. I expected to hear him and have them have him hear them. So I guess he must have left the message on his essence. If someone reached out to his essence, <laughs> there was a message. Essence but speaking of him and messages, you know what my least favorite part of the episode was? What? It's not important how you got my message. What's important is that you know what it was. And why did I go back to that theater, by the way, since I'm talking to you now in person before you try to pull Excalibur? I didn't have to tell you that as a little girl. Yeah, that's true. I added a few of those lines myself. So that's all kind of annoying. But hey, it made a nice opening to the season. And the fate of everyone Emma loves rests on Emma's leaving Excalibur alone. So She didn't do it. The more I think about it, the more I think that Emma got Excalibur back in uh, six weeks ago in Camelot. Mm. And then something there caused her to bring everyone to Storybrooke, if she is the one who caused it. Right. Or maybe Merlin was the one who caused it. We're, we're, we're not going to get to see that answer for a little while, I think. Yeah. I like that there's still a big black hole on part of the story. Mm-hmm. It's something to discover and uncover and keep us interested in what's going on behind the scenes of the episodes. As long as not too many more things don't matter. <laughs> they do matter. We're asking the questions. By the way, it, I know, is costume season, and we've been receiving some great costume submissions. The submission for our 2015 Once Upon a Time costume contest is open, but only until midnight, November 7th, 2015. Now, technically, midnight starts a day, so keep that in mind. When someone says midnight on November 7th, that means before November 7th starts. So you have through Friday, November 6th, I just want to educate you a little bit, through Friday, November 6th, to submit a photo of so your costume. 11.59 p.m. on yes. November 6th yes. is the end of the deadline. Exactly. That's okay. the last minute you have available. There are already some great submissions coming in, some really creative ones. You can go over to onespodcast.com slash contest The rules are over there, as well as the prizes. And I want to give you an idea of what those prizes are. First prize, you get any season from Once Upon a Time. It could be maybe you want the current season uh, through iTunes, so you can automatically get those high-definition videos delivered to you the day after it airs. Maybe you want season one on Blu-ray or season three on Blu-ray or DVD or, or anything like that. That's first place prize. Second place prize is a Once Upon a Time t-shirt. You get to pick the design from oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts, and then we will send that to you for the second place winner. And then the third place winner gets a poster for Once Upon a Time, and you get to choose from a selection of posters for Once Upon a Time. If you're not in the uh, United States of America, you can still enter. It's just the way that we deliver the prize might be a little bit different. So we've got some rules 
over there at oncepodcast.com slash contest. You can use an old photo if you have previously won a costume contest uh, that we've hosted. Well, only one person won that contest before, but that costume is no longer qualified to win. But you're welcome to submit your photo. Just submit your name, your email address, the name of your character, and your photo. And if you are under 13 or the photo is of someone who's under 13, there must be an email sent personally to me uh, from a legal guardian authorizing that that photo be used. But it's over at oncepodcast.com slash contest. Some great creativity coming in so far. And the voting will then start the week after we receive all of these submissions. So make sure you get your photo in oncepodcast.com slash contest. Multiple submissions for separate costumes are okay. So if your entire family dressed up as characters, that's okay. If you want to submit a pair of costumes together as a single entry, you can also do that too. Like a couple recently submitted, uh, both of them together are a pair from Once Upon a Time. So <laughs> that's a single submission there too. That's all at oncepodcast.com slash contest rules, prizes, more information over there. We'd love to see your creativity in these costumes. And we've seen some great creativity already. And we'd love for you to win an awesome prize. Oncepodcast.com slash contest. I'm going to dress up as a slightly charred enchanted toadstool. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun to see someone do that. Arthur took Merida's wisps, which concerns me a little bit. Why is it plural? Uh, wisp. Yeah. She was saying it plural, though. I was wondering it the whole entire episode. If there was more than one, why couldn't Emma have had one? Or maybe he's been collecting wisps for some specific reason. Maybe to, I don't know, try and change his fate or something like that. Since that's what the movie Brave is all about, fate. Mm, It's all making sense now. Well, we would love to make deeper sense of this episode (laughs) of once upon a time so please send us your feedback your theories on what's going on where you think the show is going to go from here on out and little easter eggs maybe that you notice connections to the movie brave and such all of our contact information is on the website at oncepodcast.com you can email us send us a voicemail through the website or call and pick up the phone any time of a day and leave a voicemail there And we can try and incorporate that into our upcoming full discussion episode, which we do Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time over at oncepodcast.com slash live. And we'd love for you to participate in that. Please follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Roman Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. Please share this episode with all your friends and family by going to oncepodcast.com slash 215 and click on all of those sharing buttons. And until next time, remember, eat up. Dark ones don't judge. (laughs) And thanks for listening. One's podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors and heroes for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero and thank you for your support.